welcome to the Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. On this show, every week we discuss a movie, and then one of us suggests the next movie for us to watch and discuss. All the movies we do here are available from the major streaming services so that you can participate with us. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. I'm joined this week by Aaron Caldwell. Hello. Christine Deacon. Hello. Josh Dean. Hi there. And Zach Rowland. Hey. And this week's suggestion, uh, One Cut of the Dead, came from Josh. Uh, The IMDb synopsis is, Things go badly for a hack director and film crew shooting a low-budget zombie movie in an abandoned World War II Japanese facility when they are attacked by real zombies. Uh, So we're going to get into that, but first uh, we're going to talk about what we've been watching lately. Uh, Christine, how about you? What have you been watching lately? So I started watching this British show called Jonathan Creek. It stars Alan Davies as this guy who works for a magician and ends up helping solve murders using the same part of his brain that he uses to come up with magician tricks. And it is fascinating so far. It's sort of Sherlockian, but it started in 1997 and is seven seasons long. So I just hmm. started it a couple weeks ago, or no, a couple days ago, sorry. Okay. Um, but it's pretty good so far. I'm What's the name of it, it again? Jonathan Creek. Jonathan Creek. And where can people find that? I've been watching it on BritBox. Uh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, Aaron, how about you? Uh, recently, I haven't been watching much, but I did just return to the theaters for the first time in God knows how long. Yeah. Um, and watched the movie Spiral from A Book of Saw. And surprisingly, it was a solid movie. Like, it wasn't bad at all. It was a damn sight better than Jigsaw was. That's the one with Chris Rock in it, right? <clears throat> yes. Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. Okay. But um, it was a it was a really good movie. Um, enjoyable. Like Chris Rock has a good performance. The storyline is actually pretty solid. Um, it. It doesn't commit any of the egregious sins from the original series sequels uh, and and sets itself up as something entirely, well, for the most part, on its own. Uh, yeah. And didn't they get the didn't they get the guy who was the original like writers or one of the writers to come back for this one? Uh, the director was Boozman. I think Darren. Yeah, it wasn't Boozman. James Wan, uh, and he was he he was the original director. Also, uh, interestingly okay. enough, from Overland Park. Or no, I'm sorry, he was the director of Saw two, three, and four, which were yeah. the were the good sequels. James Wan so, directed yeah. the first one, and um, right spacing on the guy's name who co-wrote it with him, Lee Wanell. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I just knew that they had gotten some of the people involved that had been there before or whatever. So I, I anticipated it would be much better than some of those other garbage ones. Uh, and, and they did a great job. Like I'm, I'm legitimately interested to see where it goes. I'm glad to hear that. I hadn't seen, I hadn't seen much about it online, but I hadn't seen anything good. The few mentions I had heard (laughs) of it, people were, were pretty down on it, but I don't think that many people saw it. Um, because COVID and because saw it's, Mm. it's not without its problems, but to go into those would be really spoilerific. So I'll just leave it at, I think you should see it. So Zach, how about you? Yeah, I'm actually going to try to see uh, Spiral as soon as I can just because I've had interest in it. But um, I, too, ventured back out into the movies and uh, saw um, uh, A Quiet Place Part 2 uh, yeah. in IMAX. And, man, it was just just so good. Uh, that one I've I, heard I, lots I, of good things about. I couldn't take my eyes off of it. I mean, it's just – it's John Krasinski – 
I mean, they I, they forced him to do this, but man, sometimes you know when you get forced to do something, you don't really want to do it, and it's not the greatest thing you've ever done. The guy poured his heart and soul into this story and direction, and the editing is probably impersonally some of like that my favorite part of the film. I thought mm. not only the sound editing, but just the general editing in gen like it just it was it just put together so nicely. Um, and it's a, it's a story that you can like really in, like find yourself not knowing necessarily what's going to happen because you don't really know this world and they haven't overexposed you to it. And I think that that's what makes it so fun and frightening. Definitely got a, a couple of jump scares out of me, which was good because, uh, you know, I don't necessarily jump that easily, but, um, there were some good ones. And, uh, yeah, if anybody liked the first one, they'll love this one. And, and if you haven't, I, I, I mean, see them, they are very good films, uh, not just because they're sci-fi and, and, and whatnot, uh, and not to give away too much who anybody who hasn't seen it, but they're just well done. They're just really well done. Yeah. I think the premise is pretty well known at this point for at least the first yeah. one. Um, I don't know much of anything about the second one, you know, except that Emily Blunt is back and, uh, and, and that they made it. But uh, I was going to ask you, I just saw the first one for the first time recently. Um, actually, Joe Bob did it on his show two weeks ago. Oh, cool. And so uh, um, so that was my first time seeing it. And I was kind of surprised. Um, it's kind of a like a family thriller, kind of like a Jurassic Park type of movie where it's scary, but it's not like a slasher movie or a straight up horror movie. It's, it's more. And I was wondering if the second one retained that or if they, you know, like, is it still like a PG 13 type of movie or is it, does it go further than the first one did? I would say it's about the same in terms of that. Uh, like you were saying, it's still very family oriented in that regard. You know, um, it, it, it still stays focused on his family. Um, it actually pretty much picks up, right where it leaves off um, yeah i just mean in so, terms of like the audience like it's something that like kids you know maybe yeah middle school and up can watch it and not be scared so much of it i think that um they they go a little further especially with creatures essentially yeah. um but also with society which I think is actually creepier to me than the creatures. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think they heightened it a little bit in that regard with what, what you're asking jail um, in terms of like the gore factor. I don't think it's any necessarily more. Um, they do a pretty, really good job of handling that so that I think that they, the intent is, is that I think they do want teenagers to see this movie because yeah. the kids, the kids are actually kind of, I'm not to give away things, but they're the focus. Like the kids are the focus. Um, well, that makes so sense. I think, that kid, they want kids to see this film in that age range because, um, yeah, the, they they really uh, tell the story with the kids. A, a Quiet Place one that came out what 2018, 2017? something like that. Yeah. yeah, that was for me like the biggest surprise of the year. Uh, me and my wife went and saw it, and it was just like, we want to go to the movies. What are we going to go see? Ah, let's go see this. And we walked out of it just we could not stop talking about it. It's yeah, such I think a good when film. when Joe Bob watched it, it was Christine and I both first time watching mm -hmm. it, and we were both pleasantly surprised. I had heard the premise and just thought that you know the premise sounded interesting and all of that, but it sounded just like a you know straight up horror movie, um, and it, and the premise sounded you know interesting but also kind of done to death. And they really did a lot with it um, to make it more interesting. Um, the characters are more interesting in sort of the same ways that uh, the the Walking Dead is is interesting because of the people, not so much of the situation. You know, the situation is what it is, and it's it's the premise of the movie, but it's not like the whole, you know, it's not, you know, news footage of these things happening and, you know, uh, it's not like a, uh, like an independence day type of 
you know, how, how do we deal with this global crisis type of thing? Yeah. It's very um, micro. Yeah. So I, uh, I actually followed Zach's suggestion and watched, uh, the, uh, John Wayne Gacy, uh, documentary series on Peacock and in a roundabout way, um, that got me onto some other things. Um, so I, I signed up for a seven day free trial, so I, I didn't have to watch anything with ads. And, um, I, so I watched the Gacy thing, which was good. If you're into true crime, I think it's one of the better. There wasn't anything that I really didn't know about from before, but it goes into a lot of detail. Um, and really does a lot. It's, 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 it's a very complete, uh, version of that story. Um, which that, so while I was there on Peacock and just like, well, I'm going to burn off, you know, the rest of my free trial. Um, I ended up watching a bunch of the first 48, which is a series that I can just binge anytime, um, that I, I've always really liked. Um, it's like a true crime thing. I'm sure everybody knows it. There's been like 25 seasons of it at this point, but, um, they had, a bunch of advertising um, once the trial wore off talking about this show called the mosquito coast on Apple. And I ended up watching that and it's weird. The first three or four episodes of the seven, I was thinking this is going to be something that I recommend on the next show. Like this is the thing that's, that's great. I'm really enjoying it. I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, it has kind of a Ozark breaking bad kind of feel to it. Um, but to me, the like right away, the first episode, it felt like you were jumping into season five of breaking bad. Like you don't know a lot of the backstory or the history of what's going on. Like, why they're on the run is is a mystery to some of the characters and to the audience. And at the end, I was fairly disappointed and fairly angry with how little information I came out of it with and immediately went to check and see if they are making a season two and they announced that they are making a season two. So I think they either knew that that was going to happen and they knew they were going to do that. And that's why they ended it the way they did. Um, but, uh, if they, if this had just been this one season and it ended the way it did, it would have been like it would have been one of the most disappointing things ever. So, with all of those caveats, I would say wait until season two is out, so that you can go right into it <laughs> out of season one because you're not going to want to wait after you watch the the finale. Um, it it really just sort of leaves you going, okay, really? Like, that's the end? Um, but other than that, I thought it was really good. Uh, Justin Thoreau from The Leftovers is the lead actor in it. Um, he's very good in it. Um, and, uh, yeah, that that was kind of my thing um, that I, I wanted to talk about and not really recommend, but more recommend waiting and seeing um, because if you're anything like me, (laughs) you, you won't want to be in the situation that I'm in where now I have to wait till whenever they decide to put out season two in 2022. And I'm kind of, kind of on the fence about it. Like if they, if they think they've got a hit on their hands and it's an early original from Apple, like I'm, I'm worried that they're gonna go, you know, just run it into the ground, Walking Dead style, is, and just never finish the plot, never finish the story, never tell you what is actually happening. So, is this 
Is that related to the old uh, Harrison Ford movie? It is. So Justin Thoreau is actually the nephew of Paul Thoreau, who wrote the book The Mosquito Coast in 1981. And that was turned into a movie starring Harrison Ford in 1984. Um, The book and the movie are a bit different. Uh the movie had to really condense a lot of things and it has a lot higher uh, esteem now than it did at the time. It's the only movie that Harrison Ford starred in that didn't make money. Um, But he defends it. He thinks it's a good movie. He just thinks that, you know, maybe it, it just couldn't be adapted from, from the novel but he thinks there's some really good, interesting stuff in there. So yeah, that movie exists. And I, I read the plot line of the book on Wikipedia and the plot line of the movie on Wikipedia. And it's the same basic premise and idea, but they've, they've really retooled it to fit the current day as opposed to the early 80s. So, so just, it's, it's a very different story. Justin Thoreau plays the same character Harrison Ford did. Uh, Ali yes. Fox. Yes, Ali but Fox they thing. like they have different skills, different jobs. It's, it's sort of like um, maybe not quite as far as like Fargo, the TV series is different from Fargo, the movie. Like... It's it's the same feel and the same ideas and themes, um, but it's not so much uh, you know trying to exactly retell what happened in the book or the Harrison Ford movie. Um, in the book, he has like five or six kids that are along with him, and in the show, there's only two. Um, and I don't know how many they had in the movie, but. Uh, River Phoenix was one of the kids in the movie. Yeah, yeah River Phoenix was like, was like, um, like the last of the top build people on the, because <laughs> he was. I mean, in nineteen eighty four, whenever they made that movie, he was like a kid. He's probably like ten years old or something, maybe younger. That's a great. That's one of my favorite movies, and I think I've heard Harrison Ford say it's his favorite performance he's ever done. Yeah, it's a very complex character, um, and, th- and I'm sure that's why Justin Thoreau wanted to do it, you know, on top of the fact that it was his uncle's book. But um, he he and I think one of his brothers maybe are executive producers as well. So um, but he's he's fantastic in it. And it's a, it, it is a like it's it's right up there with Walter White as far as character depth and the scheming and the the manipulation of people and and um he also has a sort of like macgyver thing kind of like walter white where he can like build anything out of anything and uh so all of that stuff is is interesting it's just you you learn a lot less about him than you expect to learn i guess is the way to say it without spoilers so um, and that just leaves Josh. Uh, what have you been watching? Yes. So I was going to talk about quiet place part two, but, um, instead Let's I will ahead. talk about, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I think we've covered that ground. Um, I will talk about, uh, a Bo Burnham's new special inside on Netflix. Um, I'm not, I was not a huge Bo Burnham fan before, um, his standup would be hit or miss for me. But after he directed eighth grade, I've been paying more attention to him as a director and as a creative person. Um, and this is an hour and a half special he's produced uh, over the course of the quarantine. So it's just him in his house. Uh, he set up all the cameras himself. He did everything by himself, basically. And um, it's almost like Apocalypse Now, where you see people going slowly insane. Um, But it's funny at the same time. So, um, yeah, uh, I think... 
What was the oh, name of it again? It's called Inside. Um, okay. So yeah, it's um, it's on Netflix. Um, if you like his comedy, it's got lots of his funny songs in it and everything, but also some frank discussions about depression and suicidal thoughts and things like that. So it's a really weird mix, but it works somehow. Uh, it yeah. all comes together. I've been really impressed by everything I've seen from him. Um, and uh, I I did hear quite a few people um, over the weekend talking about how it was really good. Yeah. I would check it out. Cool. So, uh, um, let's see. Uh, so our movie this week was one cut of the dead. Um, I had seen it before. Um, I know Josh had seen it before. Had anybody else seen it before, uh, the suggestion? Nope. Okay. I had seen it. So you had, Yes, yeah. Yeah, uh, you saw it on Joe Bob? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's where I saw it too. So, and I I rewatched it with Joe Bob as well. Um I I was I was up for the up for the 2 hour and 20 minute Joe Bob version um <laughs> with his hosting bits and trivia and stuff. So, uh uh Christine, let's start with you. Okay, so I watched it first without Joe Bob and then with Joe Bob. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so I got the full experience first and then went back. Um, well, just so you know, for, for future yes. reference, they have a category on Shudder now that's called Just Joe Bob. Yes. And it's him doing the segments from the movies without the movies so that they can keep the segments up for movies that they lost the rights to. Good to know. Okay, yes. But I did very much enjoy this movie. Um, You do get that feeling after the first side of credits roll that you're like, oh, wait a minute. This is really short. And then you're like, oh, wait a minute. It's it's not done yet. Um, Yeah. Definitely kind of faked out a little bit. Uh, Then I remember Josh's warning about you got to you got to really pay attention and keep going. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then uh, I did really love uh, the wife with her little palm thing that she was doing. <laughs> that that was her self defense hobby. Yes, her self defense hobby. Um, and just the different ways uh, that all the the actors took their routines and brought it into uh, the show and everything that they were doing. Um, And the fake tears every time I'm like, (laughs) the Americans just try so hard to get that crying down. But these guys are just like, no, just give me the fake tears. Just give them to me. And I'm just like... (laughs) Yeah, that's one of the uh, things that Joe Bob talks about too. Was the uh, yeah. like the first thing you learn as an actor is how to cry. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, they teach you like how to physically make yourself cry, and so yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, uh, but it was a lot of fun watching. Uh, and then near the end, when the wife was like going crazy, and I, just watching her. Uh, just attack everybody and just knowing that that was actually her just going crazy attacking yeah. everybody. <laughs> that was that was gold. She's overcommitted it. to her role. Yeah. Yes. One of my favorite parts. So sounds like you liked it. I did. I very much enjoyed it. Zach, how about you? Yeah. All of the things that I read and saw pointed to the fact that I should have enjoyed this and then I didn't <laughs> okay so tell us um, about it yeah i think like i i get the enjoyment behind it i think it's a it's a cool concept um i think for me um it was a lot about the structure um i i see why they structured it the way that they did Um, I think that I probably would have been maybe a little bit more in tune with it had the structure been a little different. 
Um, but like, I don't know. I mean, what would you, you have changed me. about it? I, I, well, I, I was gonna say I watch. I, I'm a zombie. I love her. I love a zombie. I love a good zombie movie. Which sure. is why I'm like, why, why don't I like this? I was like mad at myself for not enjoying it. Um, I think the structure for me in terms of like how it was done, and I and I and I get why this isn't necessarily for everyone. Um, but I almost would have liked to have seen the middle of the film, obviously at the the beginning, so I get the backstory, and then and then instead put the thirty minute piece in the middle, and then show me how they executed it at the end and then not shown me the real stuff whatsoever because I felt like I was given something that I was confused about. And then, um, and I thought it was supposed to be funny and I'm like, it's, it's, it's only funny cause it's awkward and like, I'm not really understanding what's going on. And then yeah. of course they set you up with the backstory and then they go through and justify every awkward thing with something about how the filming went wrong. And then of course, at the very end, they show you how they did it all. And mm-hmm. so I was like, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I guess I, I, maybe it's because of my working in, in, you know, I've never worked on a zombie film, but um, just like, you know, knowing how all that stuff goes and, and, and working on set and, and especially with practical effects and everything that they did. Um, I don't know. I just felt like I was robbed of the experience somehow. But that's just me. Um, okay. I mean, it's it's clearly a good movie. Like, it's got 100% uh, fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I'm 100% rotten. So, uh, you know, I, I do expect <laughs> most people to enjoy this film. Um, but, yeah, I just, it, didn't, it just didn't land. I, I will say, too, that there was good moments. There was definitely moments that made me giggle. Um, and, uh, you know, like... Uh, the, the the character developments in terms of like when I when you find out that the one kid is like a, basically like a ton of like a uh, they're both kind of like Disney teen stars essentially you know like mm-hmm. the one kid's very popular um, just as an actor but he like takes his acting very seriously and then um, with the with the pop star and she's like I can't have vomit on my face and they're like it's not real vomit and she's like my agency won't let me do it mm-hmm. so like. The like insider things I think were the funniest things to me where it was like listening to her talk about her agency or like, you know, the like uh, the guy getting too drunk. And so he can't, you know, be a part of it or his, his drunkenness is is actually a hindrance and stuff like that. Um, seeing the guy, the director, like because at first when I watched the director, I was like, it doesn't seem like the director should be like this, like and, and in the show. Obviously, then we find out the show is written for him to be like that. But then he goes off script and improvises. And I was like, I, I know what that's like. You know, get, you, you get real into it. Um, the fact that the the um, makeup artist and the, uh, the director were having an affair. And then they got into the, a car accident on their way to set. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's that, that seems very Hollywood-esque. So I, I see the like jabs for sure at like Hollywood a lot of the way along the way um and, and like them kind of you know like i think taking that like our culture of like um making films especially zombie movies and then like putting up little you know hindrances and, and funny tropes and stuff al- along the way there um i think it was just for me the structure like had the structure maybe possibly been slightly different in, in a, any capacity it might have been a different take on it but um but i i totally get why they did it the way they did it i just yeah. think it just didn't work for me it's interesting because I I really thought as I rewatched it that you would really enjoy it because it it breaks down that whole filmmaking process yeah. and you see all of this behind the scenes stuff of of what they were dealing with with the you know the actors being ridiculous and up their ass and you know the right. kind of funny but sad story of the drunk guy trying to get back to his daughter and um you know. that, that part for me actually probably was my favorite part of the whole thing was just the little like the moments of them trying to execute filming because it I related to that the most essentially like yeah uh, in terms of in terms of work and whatnot but but yeah I I, I did find myself enjoying that portion of the film the or the most. So you didn't like the end where they showed you like everything that went wrong in real time while they were filming. 
Yeah, like that. Then, because I just felt like it was like justifications for all of the awkwardness. Like, I mean, if you're gonna make an awkward zombie movie, make an awkward zombie movie. Um, but then, like, we get to, then they have like a justification for everything. Like, um, you know, especially I want to talk about the crane. So, like, the crane moment where you see them building up a, a human pyramid. But when you watch the film, the first thirty minute film, the first show, you can clearly see the camera going up like a step ladder and then you find out that they really did film it with the step ladder Mm -hmm. and so it was like but then they made this crane justification which if you know if i guess if you're that deep into like watching film and you like see those kind of things you're like but that's not how it that's not how it turned out and then also when they're filming so when they're showing you how they're filming and the fake filming or whatever oh there's so many layers to this then there's another camera that's filming the filmer who's the real camera person. Right. So then I'm like, wait, so now I have to believe this is a suspension of disbelief is that that camera person was never there, but now they're there, but they're filming something that I've already watched. <laughs> it was too, it was just too much. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I respect your opinion. Um, I, I, I just found it a little, I found it a little surprising. I thought this would be sure. up your alley. Um, talking for myself, you know, this was the second time I watched it. Um, I saw it last season on, on Joe Bob show and really enjoyed it when Josh suggested it, it sounded really familiar. And then I looked it up and I was like, Oh yeah, I remember that one now. That's a great, that's a great one. Um, you know, uh, this movie was a, uh, a student film. It was their, their like final project um it screened one time for an audience of like 800 people or something like that and they weren't expecting it to do anything or to be anything um some of the people in the movie because it was part of a class project actually paid to be in the movie like to get their credits and 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 do stuff in it um they shot it in eight days. Um, it's it's an incredible feat for what they what they came out and 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 ended up making. Um, I think the twist is initially disappointing um, because, kind of like you were saying, it's like you know, oh, we're now we're going to talk about why it wasn't a great. 30 minute short. Um, it's like the first 37 minutes of the movie are, is, is the short, it's the end result. Um, but, but, um, then I got really fascinated with all of the, like, that's when it gets funny is when they start going through, like just all the nonsense that had to happen for this to get made. Um, I really enjoyed all of the characters. Um, they're all funny and interesting in different ways. Um, I think my favorite for whatever reason, and I, I, I thought this the first time, but I wouldn't have remembered it had I not watched it the second time is the woman who's like a producer or like an executive at the TV station is just, she's just hysterical. Like everything she does makes me laugh. Um, she's just (laughs) got that bright, big grin on her face all the time. She's like, no, we're totally serious. And, uh, (laughs) that, that, that really cracked me up. Um, yeah, the stuff with the mom is, is really funny. You know, her, her palm and her, uh, uh, her going completely method and mental, um, at the end. And, uh, and then I, I was really, you know, when I originally saw it, I was actually blown away by, uh, the whole human pyramid thing that they, that that's how they did that. Um, and you know, cause I, I could tell that something was weird with how they were moving the camera, but I just thought it was part of the, you know, part of the, the feel of the movie that it was a very handheld shaky cam sort of idea behind it. Um, but yeah, when they're all like holding them together and like, you realize that, like the reason we watched that credit sequence for as long as we did was to to show just how painful 
that was to like stay up there and keep that camera on her for the whole credits and everybody's high-fiving downstairs, but they're still up there like, you know, holding one of her feet, like keep her, keep her steady. Um, she, she also does the whole, uh, the whole like cheesy zoom thing, which the original cameraman like told her was a terrible idea, but then everybody loved it when she did it, when she ended up taking the camera. Cause I don't know what the fuck happened to him. Like they knocked him over and he was just like stunned and couldn't he had a move. bad back. Yeah. You mentioned earlier in the in the thing that he has his back was gonna give out on him because he did a lot of steady cam work. And <laughs> but then he she's like, I'll speak. take over. <laughs> he was just yeah, but like, then, yeah, he there. was like paralyzed. Yeah. So that I thought all that was really funny. Um, you know I'll definitely and, give him credit. I didn't know it was a student film, so that's a hell of a feat for a student film. And in that amount of time, yeah, that's a that's a a really incredible thing to put together for that amount of time. So I mean, I'm glad you pointed that out to, to shoot something that's e- even if, even if you're not, even if the first 30 minutes of the movie aren't a single take, which this was, and it took him six tries um, from what Joe Bob said to get it, to, to get a take that was actually everything worked out in um, to do that. And have it be a show within to, for, to have it be a show within a movie within the movie, like just the scope of that over eight days. Like I would say, you, that cannot be done. But they somehow pulled it off. So um, it's pretty uh, pretty damn impressive. Um, Aaron, how about you? So I watched this uh, for the first time, like you said, with uh, when Joe Bob did it. Uh, I had heard of the movie. I didn't know anything about it other than it was a zombie film. Um, I was completely caught off guard. Like the first 37 minutes, like uh, 37 minutes, first take is the the whole zombie movie. Um, it, it just it blew my mind. I was like, "Wow, this is a really nifty idea of making a zombie movie." And then it becomes something else entirely. Um, it actually becomes a great dissection of making film, and it's it's really interesting. Um, the first thirty minutes of that movie, though, I laugh so freaking hard because of the director. Because mm-hmm. of like his his desperation to make this film, <laughs> like when they open the door and he's sitting there holding the zombie back, and he's like, "Okay, action!" and just pushes the zombie in. Yeah, I laugh so hard every single time I see it. But and they're trying to they they can't get the car started because the one guy <laughs> has the keys. He's like, "I think he has the keys. Go." <laughs> and. So I'm 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 watching this movie because every every little bit of uh, marketing for this movie compares it to Shaun of the Dead, and it is mm. so much a different movie that is not really an apt comparison other than the fact that it is a horror comedy that has some zombies in it. Um, I think it's so much better. It's it's just it's so. Interesting. Better than Shaun I, of the Dead? I I think so. I think so. Ooh, okay. I wouldn't go I, that I, far. I, I mean, I, I love... Rolling over. I love me some Shaun of the Dead. Don't get me wrong. But I was like, man, I, I, I really enjoy this movie. I would come closer to popping this in um, than I would just Shaun of the Dead just for a movie to watch. Um, it, Fair enough. I think it's Shaun of the Dead's the best horror comedy I've ever seen. Um, but have you ever seen Tucker and Dale versus Evil? I've I've not. I've that's probably my favorite horror comedy. It's yeah. really good. I, it it looks good. I I just haven't yeah. gotten there. It's it's over the top ridiculousness, but it's it's fun. Um, this, this movie I thought was really well done, but without 
the Joe Bob segments because I watched it this time without Joe Bob segments. Um, the back half of the movie loses a little bit because he he gives he gives a little insight to certain things that happen that you're just like without it it's not as interesting. But it, I, I still find this movie really good and very much worth a watch. So what do you think were the things that you missed from not seeing it with Joe Bob this time? There were some explanations um, about like how they did certain scenes and you know how like you were saying um, where they did that 37 minute uh, Single one, shot. One single shot. Um, they did that six times. Yeah. You know, stuff like that makes you appreciate things just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And there, there are a couple, there's like what, three or four Joe Bob breaks during a film. And he, he breaks things down and tells you about things that you wouldn't really think about, like music and, you know, how they, uh, who they worked with or, or like certain scenes that they did an homage to another movie that you wouldn't have thought about because nobody knows film as much as Joe Bob does. Um, and that's, a, that's something actually really interesting, Aaron, because I actually talking about the music. So I didn't think it was an actual, a true single shot. Uh, and it, to know that would have been a very interesting tidbit because during the 37 minute uh, show, there was this point where in the music it would go or something like that. Like, and I was wearing headphones when I was watching it. So I don't know if it was as apparent through like other sound systems, but I thought that was the indicator to tell the audience essentially that this was the edit point. Um, that's just me thinking about like how they were using like sound to signify something that wasn't really there. But now that I, I did not think at all that, that, that they got a full one take of the show itself. So like, again, you're right, Aaron, actually that does make a huge difference when you get a little bit of insight for those kind of things. It changes your mentality of how you kind of view and accept what's going on. Cause I, I would have thought that, um, there, there's a movie, uh, Dale, me and you went and watched it one time. We did a review for it and I can't think of what it was, but they filmed a shot that was like a 20 minute shot, but it, it's, they did clever cuts to make it look like it was one shot, but it wasn't really one shot. Oh, there's lots of movies that do that. And, and that's, if I watched this without Joe Bob telling me, I would have never known that that was a legitimate one shot thing. Uh, it, it was just things like that. You get a good appreciation for the work that they put in and just how, how fantastic it was. Um, so uh, there's uh, there's Joe Bob marketing for this, this week, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was He's, a good he movie. Sponsors this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it's time. Uh, what the hell, Josh? Why did we watch this? <laughs> well let's see yeah actually i was i was hoping zach would like it too um but uh sorry i'm i'm no, like, it's I, right. i'm i kind of want to give it a second shot now that i know more about it so you guys are you're 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 getting me you you're need to get on uh, you, you need to get on a uh shutter trial and watch it with Joe i actually Bob. I, so i actually did watch it on shutter via amc plus via apple tv <laughs> Sounds really bastardized. You, you okay. could yep. you could still watch the Joe Bob version through that. Yeah, I think I'm, I think I will. I'll check it out. <laughs> I think that's a layman ca- configuration, sir. Like you're gonna summon <laughs> Cenobites. <laughs> that's probably why it wasn't as good. Because you watched it <laughs> yes. through Apple TV. Damn Cenobites. TV. Yeah. Yeah. A film within a film within a channel within a channel. Yeah, you were too oh. far removed. Yeah. Jesus, bum, God, bum, that was bum. deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I didn't see this with Joe Bob the first time I saw it. Um, it was just, I had heard good things about it and watched it. And when you're first watching it cold, uh, you think this is really amateurish 
crap like why am i why is this movie so in you know why do people love this movie so much um and then to to see stick around for the payoff um i really uh, that's it just i loved um seeing every little flub and bizarre acting choice and awkward stare at the camera just have an explanation for it and the the thought and care that went into planning out that entire movie um, just blew me away. Even before I knew it was only done in eight days and it was a student film and all those uh, Joe Bob facts that I found out later. Um, and also uh, another plug for him though, he really encapsulated um, one thing I wanted to say, which is like the magic of movie making basically is the, you know, the can do spirit of grabbing a few friends and a camera and just going out and making something, um, which my friends and I have done before. And, uh, kind of like Zach, I know what it's like to be on a set and have everything go wrong or, or at least a few things go wrong and have to improvise and work around it. That's making um, movies. It, it exactly. always sucks. It sucks a hundred percent of the time. I've never had one go smoothly ever. And, uh, but it's so it, much fun. It's not filmmaking if it doesn't suck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, it, it always true. is a bummer. It is Very always true. a bummer, but to see what, what happens at the end when it's all edited and, you know, you can't see any of the seams or anything. Oh man, it's, yeah. it's amazing. Um, but I'm also a long take freak too. Uh, so the longer the take, the happier I am usually in movies. Um, was that Birdman that's supposed to look like it's all one take, but, mm -hmm. um, but it's not, um, and rope and movies like that. Anyway, they, those just, you know, I enjoy the, uh, the artifice of it. Uh, but this one, I noticed like the vomit uh, Birdman was the one Aaron was trying to think of. Oh, um, gotcha. I had hardcore Henry in my mind for some reason. Oh yeah. <laughs> that one's supposed to be first person and one take, but. Oh, that's right. You know, and it's obviously not. Yeah. That director just went on to do something else recently i thought that was supposed to be pretty good but i don't I, I i can't remember what it was um but uh yeah that the that the vomit stayed on the lens for a good 15 minutes after the guy throws up on the girl mm -hmm. um uh, that i loved uh the little when the hand reaches around to clean off the the lens finally um <laughs> that just a perfect little touch that i loved um the Again, we've talked about the director a few times, but when the his wife is going crazy and he just pops out by the stairs and doesn't know what to do and just yells "action," uh, just that's his go-to yell for everything. The guy that played um, the director, this was his first film role, um, right. and he's done. Uh, he did like five movies uh, in the in the two years between when he made this and when Joe Bob did his show last year. So. He did an amazing job, I thought. Um, just yeah, he's they great. even noted it on the in the control room where they're like, "Wow, he can really act." <laughs> <laughs> he's no, improvising; I, it's good. Yeah, I love when he goes off on the actors that have been tormenting him that whole time, <laughs> um, and that, that whole scene. There's nothing they can do about it. Exactly, <laughs> they just have to sit there and take it. Um, yeah, so the guy uh, that had to take crap. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh the yeah! <laughs> that sent the emails and. I sent an email. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, sound guy. Point. Yeah. Yeah. I kept calling him Charlie Brown in my mind because he reminded me <laughs> of that character from Kill Bill that they called Charlie Brown. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, that poor bastard. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, all all sorts of bodily fluids flying all over the place, um, and. Uh, the wife jumping up at the end and yelling, what the hell is that? And then having to quickly jump back down again after she's been axed in the head. Uh, just wonderful. Uh, all sorts. After I could she had been chokehold, he had to chokehold her, chokehold put the sleeper hold on her to get her to go out. Right. Yeah. And she could not palm her way out of that one. She tried. Um, yeah. Uh, the only thing I don't like about this movie is the the soundtrack in the second half gets a little cheesy. I feel like with mm -hmm. uh, makes it feel a little TV movie ish, a little uh, amateurish. Um, but it's an amateur film, man. It is an amateur <laughs> film. I know, but the, the dee -dee 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 guitar and stuff like that. Um, yeah, 
yeah, that that takes me out of it every now and then. But on the whole, though, uh, yeah, just one of my just one of my favorite movies about making movies. I think. Yeah, good recommendation. Um, and yeah, um, everything's better with Joe Bob. You know, I, I say it all the time, but um, we watched two of the worst movies ever, and yes. they they were bearable. With Joe Bob, so that's that's a huge were they, endorsement. Were they bearable? <laughs> I don't know. Like, sledgehammer. I, sledge I did hammer, fall, yes. fall asleep for five minutes. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he did. I'm sorry. But, I told. Uh, I told. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um. It is Zach's turn to suggest a movie. Zach, what would you like for us to watch next time? Yeah, I uh, did not really intend for this to happen, but I'd like for us to watch 1917. Um, oh, okay. Okay. I think some people may have seen it, but uh yeah, <laughs> kind of is <laughs> interesting. Uh we'll we'll talk about it. <laughs> well, it's another it's another one take yep. fake movie. <laughs> but it, it's 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 a fake out, but it's a good fake out. Yeah. Uh synopsis is April 6th, 1917, as a regiment assembles to wage war deep in enemy territory, two soldiers are assigned to race against time and deliver a message that will stop 1,600 men from walking straight into a deadly trap. Directed by Sam Mendez. Sounds like a good one, um, but that's it for us. Uh, thanks, everybody, for the discussion. Thanks, everybody out there for tuning in. We will see you on the next Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast.